0: this podcast is protected under the laws of the united states and other countries unauthorized duplication distribution or exhibition may result in civil liability criminal prosecution and the wrath of the tall man
1: <laughs> boy
0: 90 for chill the podcast proudly presents to you Ally's accessories shop on etsy's trash feature review He invited me to come over to his place over winter break.
2: Says he's not going to be there. <sighs> Medics on the scene found the victim's body was cut in half.
1: Authorities are saying that it was a black bear. <sighs>
0: To that oh, case. No, 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 I know something's up, man. tonight I just finished watching Uncaged from 2016, a werewolf movie from the same studio or distributor, I should say, that brought us films like Wolf Cop, A Christmas Horror Story, uh, All Hallows Eve 2. I know I saw Shatner in the trailers before the uh, feature came on the DVD. This feature really isn't too bad. I mean, it's not painful. It's just... An attempt at the werewolf mythology story, very much in the sense of trying to combine, let's say, Superbad with American Werewolf in London. Needless to say, if you don't have the writers of those two features, you're definitely not going to have the dialogue. I will say the special effects are pretty good for the transformation. Uh, they still try to make the werewolf a little too human, but you know this is uh, definitely one with a shoestring budget. And I do love the element of trying to bring organized crime into it gives him a kind of a our werewolf protagonist kind of a hero type element to it as in okay we're just gonna drop the Incredible Hulk on a bunch of bad guys type sense. It does end up running probably 15-20 minutes too long it tries to be a little too clever in the end but as I say it's pretty inoffensive and Actually, at times, you have to kind of appreciate that they even kick back or push back, I should say, on some of the college humor air quotes there. If it shows up on Sci-Fi Channel this Halloween season, hey, it could amuse you.
1: Little Hans says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise.
0: and welcome back to 90 for chill the podcast this is your host cool movies darth is the handle that i'm trying to get over if you want to find my go straight to my movie reviews go to letterbox.com forward slash cm darth i figure i can still use the cm i am the reigning interim light heavyweight champion in peoria i wonder when i can just go and get the authorization to make that a full championship but i digress you can call me russ stevens actually that's what i used uh when i introduced that championship but this isn't about wrestling especially when my guest this week was ali higgins best known as ali from ali's accessory shop on etsy and of course the trash feature reviews and actually i just watched uncaged before i started doing all my editing i figure it's her show better give her everything they can that includes another fire stick but that's a different story for a different time give me your netflix password and we're all even ali this week we decided to go and watch the nightmare before christmas and Get our thoughts on that. I've always had a weird vibe about it, I think, ever since graduating high school. I think I really only watched it in its entirety during its original 1993 release. I have a friend at the part time job. We know it's Best Buy, but whatever. Who said he's not really, doesn't really have a problem with The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's more of just the fans. And I don't know. I think this is a. Uh, we go and discuss it. It's kind of like. It was something that the goth kids kind of attached themselves to, and it just, really, it's the official clothing of Hot Topics. So I think that kind of put us off. I mean, that guy was a big fan of the Attitude Era, so maybe he just dislikes the fact that Hot Topic went from party boys wrestling gear to flowing cheap dresses of Sally. I don't know. I will go and say... A lot of it may have been unfair at least me even biting into this concept and I'm really glad to have gotten another rewatch of this I mean this pretty much is the only Tim Burton movie you really need to watch that isn't based on a real story I suppose is how I'm gonna say it so every other movie you see little crazy bits this one just is nothing but the crazy and you know what? I can appreciate that. You know, we'll let Allie be our guide. She's a bigger fan of the Frant film than I was. So let's get into a movie that I think is more about Danny Elfman than I think it is about Tim Burton. Again, we'll have that discussion. And thanks for coming back. If you want, I probably have one more horror theme time slot to fill or podcast spot, what have you. If you'd like to come on the show and talk about one of your favorite horror movies or just spooky movies or you know as i say i've always have a theme i've always been trying to get this vampire episode done if you want to come on the show send an email to rusthebus the 07 at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com or find me on twitter at cat at c-a-t-b-u-s-r-u-s-s let me know what you'd like to talk about as long as we focus on sub 100 minute movies Any actor, any theme, any director, any movie, we can come up with some podcast gold. Rate and subscribe on iTunes if you want to give me, tell me how crappy my podcast is, please do that on my Twitter account. I just want the algorithm to work in my favor. So thanks again for coming back to 90 for Chill, the podcast, and enjoy the show.
1: From Touchstone Pictures... (laughs) It was the night before Christmas, but in the land of Halloween, it was decided that this year, something new would be seen. Surprised, aren't you? From Tim Burton, director of Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, comes a motion picture experience unlike any other. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas.
2: And what did Santa bring you, honey?
1: Rated PG. Coming this month to a theater near you welcome back to 90 for
0: chill the podcast this week my guest is one of the uh frequent returners hasn't been so frequent of late but that would be ali of ali's accessory shop on etsy's trash feature reviews uh allison higgins and with the uh spooky season upon us Um, I know she's not exactly an expert in horror, so we'll just go with, uh, they call it Tim Burton's the nightmare before Christmas, which I think we can get to some debating. I know it was his story and I think it was a book before that. Um, but yeah, we'll go over the feature that's on Disney plus, uh, lumped together with Hocus Pocus. I don't know how exactly you feel about that one, Allie.
2: It's funny. It's definitely a classic Halloween uh, movie.
0: Oh, no, 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 <laughs> it you just,
2: it's a classic?
0: It was just way too obnoxious. Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker right in the trailers. It just looks like, okay, so we're setting the template for what free form is going to be. I don't know. Maybe we should have more Christian programming on the former family channel. <laughs> like the old days Um, instead of just the, I don't obnoxious. I can't say the effects look good in the, I mean, everybody was doing a talking cat around that in the nineties. I mean, you know, it didn't look that much better than whatever was on Sabrina. So I don't know. So it's just like, I know the poetic critic, uh, the big sis uh, that's the poetic critic on letterbox uh, is not a fan of uh, Hocus Pocus either. And she's probably actually seen it. <laughs> Me, I just can't get past the obnoxious na- nature of like.
2: If you haven't seen Hocus Pocus, <laughs> you can't judge. Beth Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. It's a good one.
0: I, no, you can't it, it's like people who keep telling me, Oh, you gotta at least get to the third movie in Harry Potter before you can judge it. And it's like okay, no, I didn't dig the first movie. Why am I going to sit around another <laughs> another four uh, another five hours so it gets good? You can't get me you, you can't get me in on the trailer and no. No, it's like every moment of Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker that I've seen from that feature is just, oh God, awful. Never mind, no. I'm not even going to go what? I'm more than familiar with the spell on you number. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. But that, that totally just pisses on the original and I mean, I know he's kind of a persona non grata, but so many of my 90s heroes are now. Uh, Marilyn Manson had a great cover that was used in at least three or four early uh late late 90s early 2000s movies. So um yeah, it's just like okay, if I flip it on, if I flip on and I see anything it's like oh gosh, this is absolute bollocks. I I I'm not going to go and watch it from the beginning. <laughs> i mean it it, hocus pocus is is giving us i think it's going to be on if my older sister was correct um i'm still trying to figure out what to do with the audio for that one that i uh skipped to dedicate an entire 10 minutes to talking about how you should kill dogs in movies um i I
1: saw
2: that one yeah or heard that one
0: (laughs) okay yeah sorry to sorry to bring up the coat i know that's pretty pretty immediately after Cokie, but (laughs) like yeah alex's dog should have died That would get her mind in the right place um flash dance which again there now that i keep talking about stuff that i had that conversation with my older sister it's like yeah maybe i should have just released that um so still figuring out what to do with that i don't necessarily i think it's a little big for a bonus but i'm sure i can cut out the dog talk in that one um but she was telling me that Hocus Pocus is going to be part of 31 Days of Halloween on Freeform, which I said, "Well, of
1: course." Ten. You bo- mean to
2: tell me you don't think that's in the top 31 Halloween movies of all time?
0: If you really want to stop and look at movies you would relate to Halloween, like I'm sorry if Ernest Scared Stupid gets better it feels like a better movie to me no it shouldn't be on 10 times that really just shows you how narrow the the um disney halloween archive is i mean you have like why don't you just go and dedicate like those uh disney cartoons i end up buying like mickey's christmas carol Like, okay, I get my 30 minute movie and then I get, you know, an half hour worth of snow related Disney cartoons. Like, you can't do that. You can't just show uh, the adventures of Ichabod Crane and then, like, and throw Mickey Mouse doing some Halloween crap. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that at least knock it down to five times. Like, I mean, when you look at what AMC, and I don't even know without cable right now, um, I mean, they had their 31 days of Halloween. And, yeah, I know stuff got repeated, but uh, Freeform being basically Disney light, they're not going to show you Halloween.
2: So how does Freeform work?
0: No, Freeform is just a channel on the um, on the – on cable. It was uh, originally the family channel, which was primarily a means for the uh, uh, televangelists to have a bigger platform. And like the 700 Club is the big thing that was on free for uh, on the family channel. And then then they got purchased by Disney and they called it ABC Family. And Then they just probably bought a bigger stake, and now it's freeform. So it's just basically um, not really, not really any different than the Disney Channel. Just a little more options, I guess, for them.
2: But what are they doing for the Halloween? For the thirty-one days of Halloween?
0: Well, they're showing Hocus Pocus ten times. Uh, Otherwise, like in
2: a day or. I don't in know about, the,
0: I don't know about in a day, I think 10 times during the 31 days. And oh. then they'll probably show Halloween Town. All these things that I think you and I are too old for just because like,
2: <laughs> whatever.
0: well, no, I say that is in like somebody asked at work, another coworker, what's your favorite Halloween movie? Oh, I probably have to say Halloween Town. And it's like, no, it's not a movie to begin with. That's I mean. 90 for chill is very like on the podcast. I listened to called screen drafts. They have what they call um, the mooch rule, which was a rule designed Basically, whenever they do these drafts, you can't do made for video, made direct to video or made for TV. It's based on a dog draft. They were doing best movies with dogs. And there was a movie that was thrown in there called mooch goes to Hollywood which I think Vincent price was in. If I, if I've heard enough about this movie, (laughs) but it was made directly to TV. So now they made a rule basically saying, Nope, you can't pull that shit on that show anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless otherwise agreed upon between the two drafters. I know the Stuart Stuart Gordon draft, um, patron saint of this, uh, podcast, uh, who did movies like reanimator. And, uh, uh castle freaks uh another classic castle freak was made for uh direct the video for the uh for charles band's full moon features they're the guys who did all the puppet master movies which you, um at the suggestion of your fiance, bought me (laughs) so yeah yeah i mean i tried to watch critters uh i was thinking about buying critters the dance like ah i think i need company for little monsters <laughs> like it took me 30 years to get over gremlins you know um
1: what
2: do you mean get over
0: oh i was scared scared like those things scared the hell out of me like um all i could say about you know they just okay they can multiply they i was afraid of the dark as a kid and it wasn't because of gremlins but that didn't help me once i finally watched a little bit (laughs) (laughs) okay so they only come out at night like uh stripe is absolutely terrifying i mean he's got a sense of humor but you really gotta yeah you gotta be you know if you're as a i mean i was scared poopless at 12 my parents wouldn't let me watch it at four obviously so
2: right yeah yeah it, it scared me too but alien was worse for oh. me
0: alien uh well alien is definitely are you talking the 1979 the original i mean there's yeah some... yeah because yeah, it was Whoa. not
2: eight all the time oh
0: yeah yeah well that's but well, that's an r-rated movie uh gremlins and Of course, uh, Spielberg's other produced feature—he directed it as well. Um, Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom, which I don't know if I can ever rewatch again. Like you open with a musical number, Mm -hmm. a Chinese version of Anything Goes, sung by Steven Spielberg's wife. (laughs) Oh, it's just such other, but. Uh, those two movies, you know, with uh, the entire heart ripping out sequence in Temple of Doom and, you know, decapitating gremlins and such, those were the reasons why there was a PG-13 rating developed that year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so needless to say, I shouldn't have been watching it. I shouldn't have seen it at four. My parents should never let me get the Hardee's. That was a promotion they had with Hardys. Um, they had little records and storybooks for gremlins. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I think I saw some on eBay just looking around, or somebody suggests one of my sellers suggested it, but I digress. So yeah, I mean I'm not I guess I'm not into the sanitation of Halloween. Like, oh yeah, there's the horror movies for people, but Let's make sure the kids get the get to share the monsters, and no, no, (laughs) no. You don't get to go and like, even Monster Squad. They had some intense scenes in that one. Like, no, you don't get to spay the monsters. Zombies should not be a musical, if unless it's uh, Anna versus the Apocalypse, which is a British christmas musical about a zombie apocalypse and i mean i've seen i've seen a and i've seen song of the dead which it could have been a lot better but uh um so yeah you want singing zombies they should there should be some viscera displayed regardless (laughs) like do they even have a i haven't what i'm only maybe a quarter of the way through the fifth season of walking dead um i don't even think they have a halloween up do they even have holiday episodes like
2: i have not seen one
0: yeah that's like no and it makes me wonder how real holidays are especially when you watch uh, the nightmare before christmas Like, this is a pretty much a, I would say a pro-science and uh, perhaps atheist feature. Like...
2: In a way, I can eh, see that, yeah.
0: I mean, even, even you know, Jack Skellington's relying on science at one point. (laughs) That's uh, true. To figure out what...
2: what Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's trying to figure out what Chris is, and he... He, he studies the scientific method,
0: right? One and, yes, and he's putting mistletoe under um, a magnifying glass. He's reading all yeah. the. St- Go ahead. You're reading all the stories about Santa Sandy Claus, <laughs> which I'm surprised he, if he really paid attention to those books, he would have figured out. Oh, it's not Sandy Claus. <laughs> um but i mean he just like this movie states that holidays are just fictional war i mean just separate worlds that invade for 24 hours like i mean i don't know how you have like christmas i get and i guess you can say easter it's all pagan stuff really um easter easter being a fertility festival christmas being a pagan um, well i don't know it because they say when they were pretty much setting the ground rules for christianity that no easter uh easter should have happened at christmas and christmas should have happened basically you're not going to get knocked up in the middle of winter well, no, you're not gonna, you're gonna get, you're not going to want to give birth during the middle of winter.
2: Well, it's not like she knew, it's not like she had a plan. That was God's uh, plan.
0: Okay, all right. So there was a plan, though. Like, I mean, it, 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 is he a freaking sadist? I mean, you know what? I gotta throw a little job in here. Really make her work for this. Um. Uh, you know what the Greeks would just say is rape <laughs> with Zeus and all the stuff he did.
2: Zeus
0: is not in the Bible, is he? No, Zeus is not in the Bible. I don't. I didn't they think didn't... so. No, I'm saying yeah. But the first gods were the at least in the Western world were probably the uh, well, the Western world were probably the Greek gods. And, and the Romans, yeah, and uh I mean those gods make it a lot more sense, like they really came up with with uh with gods who were based to explain something, that's why there's so many of them, and humanized them all while God, the God is supposed to be the man in charge and is totally unrelatable, I mean. The closest thing we got was Jesus, and then it's like, oh, jeez I mean, it's uh, really need to show you the. Did I ever show you chasing Amy? Yep. Okay, so yeah, there was the entire scene where he's describing how uh, Brody was. Ki- oh, Banky, Banky was uh called a c-word by a c-word rag by a nun because he was calling bullshit on the entire uh you know father son and holy spirit being one thing so um and people didn't really relate to jesus or he wouldn't have been crucified if they did so um but i i digress about that so it's um so you know rewatching it uh I really almost think it's more of a Danny Elfman's movie, in all, in all honesty.
2: He I mean, did compose before.
0: Yeah. Well, it it's a musical. Like, do we ever really care about who directed Pink Floyd's The Wall? It's Alan Parker, but I didn't. <laughs> My older sister keeps track of that stuff. No, it's Pink Floyd's The Wall. We're here for the music. Um I mean you got to you got to go totally out there and I don't and when your composer is totally out there to begin with I mean the first real Oingo Boingo song that really caught my attention I mean I know they did the theme to Weird Science um, and Oingo Boingo was Danny Elfman's band uh, was um a song they did for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 soundtrack now, and, I
2: missed that one in my research.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's a... I'm the, we're not talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too, and I'm disappointed that it's not... It's just a few minutes too long. And I am considering to get guests on the podcast to, like, well, if there's no end credit sequence, then obviously it should qualify. <laughs> I but I haven't really gotten a... Raised, what
2: you raised, you've raised the minute season before
0: <laughs> i raised it the 99 i can't i can't put it over 100 that's that's um but um it really like watching this it's kind of like okay what are 80 gothic performers and granted oingo boingo was more weird than it was gothic or emo uh, or um you know i mean music to slit your wrist too i suppose is, um yeah so it kind of makes you wonder well could i get a morrissey musical and a, i don't know what that would turn turn out to be i mean uh or at least i know
2: this- that I know that Danny Elfman did a lot. Does a lot of Tim Burton's movies. Yes, um, I. I the, know he did. He did like at least four or five of them.
0: Uh, well, he did. Let's go back to. I mean, there's the original uh, Frank and Weenie um, that Tim Burton did. Uh, but then his first real date the movie that got it people's attention was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Danny Elfman did the score to that. Then there was. And then the next one was Beetlejuice. Danny Elfman did the score to that. Then there's Batman. Danny Elfman did the score to that. Batman Returns. Uh Edward Scissors Hands, I would bet my left nut on that one.
2: Okay. I'm pretty sure he did, yeah.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's actually done all of Tim Burton's movies. I um, really need to get myself, get rid of one TV just so I can uh, have a good computer station. Um, so let me see. Well, he did the score to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Corpse Bride. Uh, okay, Danny Elfman's soundtrack, that's a little too extreme because that'll bring up all his individual songs. Uh, composer.
1: Uh,
0: right. Oh, The Forbidden Zone. That was actually Oingo Boingo's movie.
1: So Pee Wee Big Adventure. Uh, Beetlejuice.
0: Oh, he's kind enough to do the score to Big Top Pee Wee, Hot to Trot, Scrooge, <laughs> <It's laughs> uh, Batman, Dick Tracy, Dark Man, Edward Scissorhands. So so far, all of Burton's.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh Okay, so Mars Attacks. So I think, yeah. yeah uh. Sleepy Hollow, another Burton. Planet of the Apes remake. Um, Charlie and the Fet- Chocolate Factory, Corpse Bride. So he didn't do Ed Wood. I can say that. But that's that's, I think probably the biggest passion project to Tim Burton's. Um, Ed Wood is regard is lovingly regarded as the worst director producer actor of all time. Um Ed uh, I haven't watched Ed Wood. I have it on my I have purchased it on iTunes, but it's basically Johnny Depp as that director. Um Oh, and this director loved to get loved to wear women's clothing too. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So Uh Ed Wood the Oh, uh- yeah. I mean uh there's so much there's so much reason I gotta watch Edward. I mean it's got Bill Murray as a transvestite. It's got uh George the Animal Steel. Uh that's a little old for you wrestling wise, but um probably one of the best names out of Detroit. Uh when he got the WWE, well, when it became when Vince McMahon Jr. bought it from Vince McMahon Sr. Uh, he kept George the animal steel on the card, but he really went and made him live to the animal gimmick. So, and for kids, kids loved it. Um, you, uh, so George steel would dye His tongue would, would dye his tongue green. Um, he would lick stuff and then he'd always eat a turnbuckle. Okay. Yeah. He would just go to a corner and just grab, rip the turnbuckle off, just start. Rawr, 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 you see the cotton and stuff flying out of it. What um, is
2: a turnbuckle?
0: In a wrestling ring, the turnbuckles, they're, well, I should say turnbuckle pad. So the rings are, so what hold? what connects the ropes, to the rings are the turnbuckles in the middle. So there's, okay. so there's 12 turnbuckles. Of, 4 for each rope. Okay. Yeah. So uh and like I'm sure you've seen it in wrestling matches probably when somebody takes the pad off of the uh the corner so they can slam somebody's head into the bolt that the pads protecting. Oh. Uh, I don't know, you watched SmackDown. That was did you watch SmackDown last night or
2: Um it was on, but I was uh. at class.
0: Okay, well, uh, I, last...
2: I just was in another room.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. They, I guess they didn't really say anything about it, but last weekend's pay-per-view, Extreme Rules, uh, it was Demon Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns, and when you th- when both guys are laid out after a spear through the barricade, Finn Balor's heartbeat to his music starts hitting. And he starts reacting to it. And eventually he goes like just invincible, puts reins through a table, throws him back into the ring, is about to do his double stomp. And then you hear a crack and the top top rope just falls with him on. And it's like, what the hell happened? (laughs) Like you had something, like, it was just so awful. Like you had something so cool. Like, no, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, the, Finn Balor paints himself and, is, and makes him become an actual demon, and that's what they were selling. And then no, no, he can't survive a four foot drop off a, <laughs> off a turnbuckle. Um. So yeah, it's re- really, really. Um. But so, uh, but back to so we pretty much had to find that Danny Elfman has been alongside uh, Tim Burton for damn near ever i mean i i had a guy want oh i want to do batman well we're not batman's a two hour movie no but if you want to get to batman like my uh ghost my episode about caddyshack and meatballs which was basically just a way to talk about ghostbusters you know as long as we'll we'll talk about danny elfman and tim burton like and then we'll get to bat batman or you can use batman mask of the phantasms so use the batman theme it was the uh, an, an animated cartoon early 90s really good um so yeah then um i mean so danny i just i'm just saying it's like when you think west side story you think steven songheim you think uh or at least i think steven song and leonard bernstein I don't think about who directed it, and I'm sure it's quite the accomplished director. I mean, hell, Spielberg's directing the remake this year.
2: Yep. <laughs> December is when it comes out.
0: All right. No, not that one. Okay. So the uh, original was, eh, Jerome Robbins. That's not really anybody I know
1: <laughs> <of>.
0: <laughs> What?
2: Yes, it is. Jerome Robbins is a very big name. <laughs> we can
1: oh, argue about it. Well, this. okay,
0: I'm not a musical person, like. But again, okay, let's go to Evita, which was directed by Alan Parker. Um. No, everybody talks about Andrew Lloyd Webber's and Tim Rice's score. I think it was probably yeah so like like, i really think the i think so going through this i'm really thinking it's more danny elfman's movie because it's totally dependent on his score and the songs like i'm sure there's a version of this movie like i haven't seen corpse bride which uh was actually directed by tim burton this again Mm -hmm. this was only based on his story um
1: uh, I read that mm-hmm. actually
2: started as a poem.
1: Yes, that's what I'm. Um,
2: he said that he was like watching Halloween decorations being taken down and Christmas decorations being put up, and that inspired him to direct, um, to write the poem. Okay, a, for Christmas.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, let's see. Got my notes. Um. Yeah, I was more worried about like, oh, next next year's Halloween will be better than is w- what what Jack is planning on doing after he bollocks up Christmas. Um, and it's like, I mean, you guys, the mayor was wanting the planet 365 days ahead. You've already lost two months. Is it really going to be that good? So, I mean, stay in your lane is what the. I don't know. That is something that kind of gets me about the feature is okay, Jack Skellington's basically tired of being goth. I mean, you know, he needs a he red needs, suit. <laughs> well, he definitely needs a change. Uh, he needs some. He needs some inspiration, in all honesty. And, um, so I just find it funny that this is such a goth, you know, goth people are like, this was kind of the perfect fusion of awkwardness in the nineties, basically. So I guess you could say it brought the goths and the theater kids together, <laughs> but I mean, how goth really was it? Like Nine Inch Nails is the downward spiral is just a year away. I mean, the entire Chicago scene um, of industrial music through wax tracks. I mean, this was a really kind of like, I mean, it gave, in a sense, I guess it's kind of like how people really appreciate Eeyore uh, in the sense that Eeyore is always sad but that shows you that it's okay to be sad. And I guess a nightmare before Christmas shows you it's okay to be death obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I would say, I wish I could say it was about death obsession, but no, it was basically, I think more about, Oh, we could be weird. I mean, we're being encouraged to be weird and then there's nothing wrong with that. But, um, I don't know, maybe it was growing up with the fandom of it that kind of kept me away from the, re-watching it. I mean, I saw it in the theaters. So I listened to the soundtrack. And, but, you know, oh, well, I guess I'm just not at, like, I'm not really a holiday guy to begin with, as you know. And it's like, I don't, like, well, yeah. is it really a holiday if you don't get a day off?
2: yes because you get to dress up at work
0: <laughs> oh really come on the best costumes you got to have your face covered in hey <laughs> no.
1: thank
0: thank 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 the terrorists you know can't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i just i just find that especially going through my facebook feed you know October 1st. Well, hell, you see it as early as September. Okay, summer's over. <laughs> Let's
1: plan for Halloween. It's like... Oh, I mean... I, I... It's just something
0: that's in your... I guess Halloween is in your face when it comes around. And I guess Nightmare Before Christmas fandom is like in your face all you all the time um like oh i mean the movie said it's okay to you know celebrate halloween after october 31st <laughs> i it's just like i guess it's something when you see a fandom develop and from me being a nerd obviously it's like oh these guys it, and me being old and righteous <laughs> obviously these kids aren't doing it right <laughs> so maybe that's why i kind of got um almost a little burnt out without actually having to having that must i mean rewatching watching the movie i guess um i don't know that's just my thoughts like why it's uh I mean, I I was looking for stuff, honestly, to fault it. all I can really say, well, maybe the technology wasn't up for it. I don't think 4K does zero any favors. You kind of see the effect is not as uh, strong. And so much of it takes place at night, but the skies are just black. So you don't really, you know, it definitely feels very isolated. I mean, yeah but you know i really re- need to rewatch Coraline. i took i never really actually sit- can say i've watched Coraline. i've probably seen every scene of it when i was uh taking care of stephanie's uh kid miette when you know i think she was three at the time and that was just the movie she kept putting on
2: <laughs>
0: yeah so um so yeah, it's um, but Coraline is obviously Neil Gaiman and the director of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Harry Selznick,
1: I think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Harry,
0: no, Henry Selick, Henry Selick, yes um so but you watch this movie it's kind of like also like i kind of wish beetlejuice and batman returns had not have been shot (laughs) and filmed before this because you really don't need to see beetlejuice or batman returns if you (laughs) watch the nightmare before christmas it's Really, I, th- I guess another thing I have about it is like it's this is prime Burton a- aesthetics all in one place. It's just the one stop to go, and it's like maybe I want to go to those other features. Yeah,
2: so, you can definitely tell it's a Tim Burton movie.
1: Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah,
0: I mean, there's so many things like the snake, snake, like, oh, that's straight from Beetlejuice. And never yeah. mind. The I'm sorry.
2: The stripes. Oh,
0: yeah. Stripes, uh, a lot of worms and stuff, snakes. Um, but
2: a lot of non traditional characters.
0: Yeah. But upon watching it this time, I finally realized it's not lock, stock, and barrel. It's uh, lock, shock, and barrel. Uh, and I think Danny Elfman's barrel, uh, Paul Rubens, Rubin's, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, is uh, lock. And um, uh, Catherine O'Hara put a, uh, put in a... Kath- sorry, Kathleen O'Hara uh did double time on this one no Cat- yeah catherine o'hara uh from the second city and i know she's probably going to be remembered more for Shit's creek now um, well
2: and the, uh christopher guest movies
0: that yes. she did. oh and and the and of course home alone i mean she was the big early uh late 80s go to actress it seemed because of beetlejuice of course and
1: mm-hmm. then
0: this is probably her most subtle performance though even in both roles is uh Sally and uh Shock
2: <laughs> yeah it's
0: definitely not her you know on edge about the you know yell something like right it, right like yeah. Oh, what did we forget? Uh, I forgot the garage door. Kevin! <laughs> uh, and that's kind of what she, I think she got known for. And I, I've really only watched uh, one of the guest movies. And that was um, For Your Consideration. Which, okay. which is a, uh, again, it's an improv movie about a, um, how a little independent film is? Oh, this is. I'm sure you're familiar with the term Oscar bait.
2: Actually, no.
0: All right, so you know how all the Oscar movies come out at the end of the year.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, oh, Oscar bait.
0: Okay. Right. They're yeah. They're just they're just there to like. Oh, it's an important movie. It deserves recognition. <laughs> so it's basically. The Before the movie is even finished, Oscar buzz is dr- going around it, the cast. Um, and it starts out as a little play being adapted to a film called Home for Purim. And Purim a G- is a Jewish holiday. And so as Catherine O'Hara is getting recognition like oh this is going to be my break and uh, Parker Posey eventually is and got Hank Azaria as another cat cast member who's uh, basically it's all everybody's going getting so excited and eventually like all right if we want to get the Oscar we're going to make this uh, get those Oscar nominations we're going to make this more um, understandable by the public so let's call it home for Thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um. So you got Michael McKeon as one of the playwrights, and he's like, ah! <laughs> At One point, Christopher Guest is the director, and like, um. No, no, no. What? No, no. Here, you, that's not what's in the script. Script, chief. You know what? Don't think about the script. <laughs> um. So, cat, but yeah. So you get a lot of the Catherine O'Hara hamming, hamming it up stuff, and. I think I don't want to give away any spoilers on that one since you haven't seen it. Uh, It does give you Fred Willard though wearing a um, really gelling up his hair like he's um, John Tesh if you remember your uh, entertainment tonight host and stuff.
2: Vaguely, yeah. Yeah,
0: so yeah Fred, Fred Willard should not just have his hair up and gelled. Um, I think he, he's probably best known for Fred Willard's probably best known for his line about i am best of show. Can you imagine in some countries these <laughs> these animals are delicacies <laughs> um he's also in Wally as the president who sends everybody off on the spaceship <laughs> basic when a uh, lot of stuff bit player rest in peace um yeah, I I can't really say kept track on what Christopher Guest is doing. Uh, I mean it, it it's weird when your parents are at retirement age. <laughs> like, you know what? They might just be knocking this shit off, man. <laughs> they don't have mm-hmm. to work. I think we should have had at least one more Mel Brooks movie between today and Dracula Dead and Loving It, which Definitely is his weakest feature that I've seen, but eh, it's got its moments. I don't know why you think Leslie Nielsen should be Dracula. That was the biggest problem with that feature.
2: Oh come on!
0: Look, Leslie Nielsen has looked like an old man since 1980. (laughs)
2: Vampires can be old.
0: (laughs) I'm not saying they can't be, but I'm just saying you're you're kind when you're trying to draw parallels to a movie where gary oldman was the vampire (laughs) you're you're just like oh it's a it's a slapstick um laugh a minute comedy tack jerry leslie nielsen name that'll that'll make bank it's like you know it's it's like no it Mel Brooks's name is what will sell what will sell the movie <laughs> like I love Carrie Ellis but and I could definitely and Carrie Ellis is a Robin Hood in tights is a good idea but if you don't put Mel Brooks name ahead of it <laughs> it's not going to draw me in like maybe if they somehow like You know, Mel Brooks was just as prolific a producer as he is a um, director. Maybe Disney should have thrown some money his way just to put some executive producer credits on it. It's like when um, bloody arachnophobia came out. And and you could even say uh, the Goonies and uh, Gremlins. Steven Spielberg presents. It's like okay he read the script and he got the crew together but that's about it i mean goonies is directed by richard donner uh gremlins is a chris columbus script directed by joe dante um i didn't even look to see who actually got the script credit on uh on the nightmare before christmas story and characters adaptation no he just they just took his they just took this they took the story and characters otherwise he burton didn't write the script or um so this is kind of in the same vein it's i mean yes it does hit all the Burton points to tribute it's a tribute to him and i kind of think this is might have been like um acknowledgement of what's are things to come because he has ed wood and then mars attacks mars attacks i do need to rewatch some people say oh it's gotten better and i'm like i was getting a little i think it was getting a little worn by the time how many times i'd seen it um but after that and my older sister's very big i'm pointing out he's just become a director for hire like Tim Burton, yes. Oh, like, well, I mean, I have not seen any of the Alice in Wonderland stuff, and I've been talking to co cowork- my co worker at who's obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. I'm not really a fan of Disney's Alice in Wonderland. There's some elements I love, I love the Cheshire Cat. Um, I mean, as a guy who loves The Matrix and can't wait for. You know they might get my ass out to the theater to see Matrix Resurrections. Um, I don't know. As long as it's going to be on HBO Max, it's like ah, I don't necessarily want to spend the twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I I know it helps, but still. Um, so liking the so White Rabbit is something big in the Matrix you know, down the rabbit hole, all that stuff. Um, So I've picked up a bunch of the Funko Pops, the Pot Smoking, Caterpillar, the... I, I keep trying to figure out where I can put a 10-inch Cheshire Cat. I can't find the small version of it, but... <laughs> Walmart's got plenty of the large one. <laughs> um and i finally got the so i got i mean i got i mean Alice in wonderland basically there's there's some great elements but i don't think it works as a movie and i've never had any inspiration to go and see tim burton's two adaptations
2: yeah i haven't seen them
1: either
0: and i mean helen and bonnet carter as the red queen that sounds interesting i mean I mean, Stephen Fry is the Cheshire... There's a lot of stuff that's good, but it's just, again, this is like... Do I really want to dedicate the two hours to... Um,
2: it might be something to see. It may. It tells a story.
0: Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> that's the problem. Like, since... um yeah since uh at least sleepy hollow it doesn't feel like tim tim burton's making tim burton movies i guess um uh mrs Pe- miss miss peterquin
2: school uh, for children
0: yeah that that was good but i mean you know it's an adaptation so it's like just doesn't feel like his i guess
2: Oh, so you think he needs to do something more?
0: No? I don't know. I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is he really hasn't. He's done Frankenweenie. I thought his Charlie in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was good. Um, in its own way. Like but this is coming, let me let me just go and preface that with uh this is a guy who liked Ghostbusters 2016. So, i don't know if that really qualifies me or not um so it's uh but planet of the apes was just such a like such a kick in the balls and sleepy hollow i mean that was it had well it had christopher walken as the headless horseman but I mean, how much Christopher Walken are you gonna get out of that <laughs> performance?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's just uh and it was a story that's been told, I guess. And uh I've heard good things about big fish. Um and um Big Eyes is another one that seems interesting. That was uh with um Amy Adams and Christoph Waltz. About a female uh, true, based on a true story a, a woman painter whose husband took all the credit. Duh. Yeah. But she was known for drop making uh, paintings with huge eyes. As her mark.
2: Sounds good.
0: As long as Christoph Waltz gets to be Christoph Waltz it should be yeah it should be good. If you can recall who Christoph Waltz is.
2: I know who Christoph Waltz is.
0: Okay. I'm sorry?
2: In Alita. What? He was in Alita.
0: Oh, Alita. Okay. That's the film that comes up to you. He's won two <laughs> he won two Oscars and for doing terrorists. Right? He won one for Inglorious Bastards and he won one for Django Unchained.
1: Ah.
0: And a lot of people complain that yeah, but he's only playing Christoph Waltz. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> you're you're looking for the, uh, I think he's, I want to say he's actually Czechoslovakian or he's Austrian. He's not German, but um, I just hope he's in the new James Bond movie because he didn't get killed off in the last one, and uh, definitely should do more with him um so let me go through my notes do you have anything that really stood out to you i mean i haven't really asked you what you really feel about the movie
2: um oh we haven't even talked about the oogie boogie man
0: oh you see that was one of those when i was researching that a little bit it was kind of creepy that oh this is the guy who was the big lift alligator in um all dogs go to heaven yeah it's like oh i mean hell of a performer uh ken page yeah but it's like
1: I just um
2: he was old deuteronomy and cats
1: Uh, okay
0: i know he's
2: go ahead
0: oh go ahead i'm looking over his filmography right now
2: yeah and he was in eight minutes on broadway
0: right uh, I know he's in Dream yeah. Girls.
2: His song really stood out.
1: Like- oh
0: yeah, I mean that's that's his go-to.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, Cats Old Deuteronomy. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, let's see. He was on the show. He did a voice for Duckman. If you remember that show. Ha- no. Okay, it no. was on. It was on USA. It was their first attempt at a edgy cartoon um jason alexander as duck man private dick slash family man
2: Hmm. yeah yes yeah i remember now
0: Mm -hmm. so so obviously he's definitely more of a theater actor though because he's not that old uh younger than my my mom and uh but he's only really been at 30. He's only got 32 credits on IMDb. So definitely not uh, as prolific as a bunch of, uh, um, for, you know, an Anglophile like me, like oh, Englishmen don't turn down work. Like, <laughs> so, um, let's see, let's see, address the fan base, the crappy Halloween that's going to follow oh very atheistic well when he was doing i just the thing i wanted to talk about uh when you cut open a teddy bear (laughs) is that a dissection or a vivisection i mean you you want to believe the teddy bear is alive at some point right (laughs) So, um, yeah, I don't really think I have, uh, the only other thing I could, I, I'd like to bring up is I'd like to suggest, um, to my listeners, uh, not necessarily to you. I don't think you would dig it. It's a uh, Japanese movie called, uh, Ichi the Killer, uh, it's from the, um, prolific director Takashi Miike and there's a um, character in it he's actually the um, lead of this movie i tried showing you and somehow i found a dvd copy at a disc replay of the last man on earth the the, la- the last the last life i can i'd have to grab the box but um so the lead actor p- pretty much broke out internationally from his performance in uh Ichi the killer who's and these character is a is a yakuza enforcer and a super masochist and his mentor at one point like now this is a soccer hooligan thing or a football hooligan thing um i don't know if you've ever heard of a uh, glasgow a glasgow grin uh chelsea smile <laughs> Which is basically where you, um, basically one way of doing it is you uh, put a credit card in somebody's mouth, have them bite bite down on a credit card, so the so basically just with his front teeth, so the credit card is standing out, you can see mm-hmm. the edges, and then you punch the guy in the gut and as he opens his mouth to get air the credit card cuts right along the uh, edges of his mouth so yeah. you get a you get a scarring on those two sides yeah so and i never noticed this before with sally um she's got this she's got her this from the ends of her mouth she has sewn sewn into her cheeks Mm -hmm. so it's like oh and then there's a scene there's a scene when she sneaks out by jumping out of her window and that's like how the uh, and itchy the killer the uh, character dies and he's just laughing the entire fall but he's got the same but basically he's got he's using safety pins to keep his mouth together So, just a weird twisted thing, I mean uh, as I say, I love Itchy the Killer I know they keep, people say oh, I can't wait for an American uh, remake, and it's like you can't have an American remake where the titles like the title comes out uh, rises out of our lead characters come (laughs) it's a real (laughs) oh it's such a just over the top violent movie um let me see it's just trying to find that actor's name the last the last life in the its last life in the universe uh the actor's name is tananobu asano and uh they do some great stuff with the fact that, he, that his mouth can kind of be extended. At one point he somebody tries punching him in the face and he's took all his clips out, his um safety pins out. So he basically opens up and lets them lets the punch go right into his mouth. And then as the guy pulls his hand out, oh, rips a lot of the flesh off. Ah. So if somebody would like, I, I know it's not really a horror movie still, but if somebody would like to talk about uh, Ichi the Killer, well, I don't, it, it is long. So too long for 90 for, for chill. But uh, if you can find a 90 minute Takashi Miike movie, <laughs> send an email to Bus 7 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. I'd love to chat about that one. And uh, just to let you know, um, we can go and push this uh, closer to Halloween, this episode drop. Um, I have got a guest for another episode to record. So it's a horror movie called Stage Fright. That might be something up your alley. Alley. It's a Italian slasher movie um feels a lot like a giallo movie uh giallo is an italian uh crime crime murder genre um but it basically so uh this play that's gonna run out of money a musical that's gonna run out of money based around a serial killer in an owl uh costume (laughs) um looks like they're going to be down on their luck they're one of the uh act, the lead actress hacks skips out on rehearsal get her ankle looked at and at the hospital they go to which they were just looking for a doctor to take a look at her ankles they actually go to a mental hospital where somebody escapes uh kills kills somebody and then they're like well no we can just go and rewrite the script a little and make it about this guy not knowing that he's in the uh he's hiding out in the theater and they're locked the entire theater for the night. <laughs> so lot, very creepy. Uh as I say, it might be up your, up your lane because of the theater element of it. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, uh, some of the violent, I mean, graphic, graphic, graphic violence. I wouldn't say scary, but, uh, yeah, if you're not you're not into gore, it might be uh might not be your thing. But I've gone through my notes. Um so what do you have to offer? Stuff you want us to know. You said you did the research.
2: I did do some research. Um well my favorite quote was from Santa because he goes, Time to Christmas. Of course there is, I'm Santa. <laughs> that was my favorite in the whole show. Cause that poor guy got pushed around a lot. He didn't get scared at all.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I did not like him killing the last my bugs, my bugs,
2: my bugs, my. Bugs.
0: <laughs> You're Santa man. This isn't robot <laughs> chicken.
2: He gave them snow though. After at the end, he said "Merry Christmas" and yeah. happy how they exchanged. He was very tasteful. <laughs> I like,
0: don't know. My- i i kind of i don't know what the why the kids were all like i don't maybe i've just become way too jaded if i get a th- shrunken head in a basket like you know i guess the problem with this is it could encourage satanism like <laughs> i mean i don't think there's that much ritual sacrifice in satanism i have not looked into it um Philosoph- philosophically, they seem pretty, uh, like I don't know. It's like basically, you know, all, all Satan did was ask why. That's that's why I'm not, you know, that's why it's kind of like not that cool with God, you know. It's like he just asked questions, it's kind of like. We all love um Crawley and uh good omens. <laughs> and he, he's only a demon because he asks questions. <laughs> um which really comes back to the fact that you know the next feature that well Henry Selleck did direct um some other features before Coraline. And I'm not uh um one was the uh, adaptation of james the giant peach which just doesn't work Uh, it's not one of raul Dahl's best best stories anyhow i think is the general consensus um really that's about all there was between here and well he did the movie monkey bone which deserves a rewatch i'm gonna say um like it, I think this probably had more to do with killing uh, the lack of success of this feature probably had more to do with the uh, uh, decline of Brandon, Fra- Brendan Frazier than the sexual harassment. <laughs> uh, nobody walks out of this movie. Well, like at least not immediately um, Bridget Fonda was in it. Chris Kattan, you know, nothing's really happened with him a lot of hell of a cast i'm looking at monkey bone right now i i didn't think it was absolutely horrible but it's a very weird movie about a brendan fraser is a cartoonist who ends up in a coma and he's in a world where he's basically um the only person he can really relate to is his character monkey bone that he created and it's basically a big conspiracy from the characters to steal like oh when they wake up i'm the one who's actually overtake the body so he wakes out of wakes he gets imprisoned with people like stephen king (laughs) like i can't remember what character took over stephen king (laughs) that he wrote (laughs) like edgar Allan poe was replaced by the raven (laughs) and in this little comatose world and then uh like oh my god that's scary oh you're such a pussy steven (laughs) so it's it's got a potential i think i saw a copy of it disc replay but um i mean it's a hell as i say hell of a cast when you really look at it just um i don't know chris katan is weird in it but chris Katan's usually weird um but yeah, so that's basically... I'm surprised he got to that. So after two misses, because James the Giant Peach, I think, is a definite miss, and Monkey Bone was a financial flop. <laughs> um, you get to...
2: Um... Um, the only other point I wanted to make uh, mm-hmm. was that um, Long Live the Pumpkin Queen, the sequel to The Nightmare for Christmas, is due out in July of 2022
1: okay
0: Uh, that's interesting yep you know we didn't really talk about um i know we talked about danny elfman who did all the singing for um uh jack skellington um as i say he was the front man at the very least of oingo boingo uh we didn't talk about chris sarandon Um, true yeah you know
2: princess bride
0: Yes, Princess Bride. Well, he's probably best remembered, I think, for Fright Night. The original Fright Night. I haven't seen it. My mom loved it. I know he's in child, the first Child's Play as well. Um, And I know he's the reason why Susan Sarandon's last name is Sarandon. Um, which is kind of... I really wish he would have had more to say back at um, Wizard World. <laughs> Because we saw that panel with him and um, Carrie Elvis talking about the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It's like i taking a look at his all filmography, actor.
1: Like, all right. Let's take Sentinels you yeah I mean it didn't he really didn't work that
0: much I mean up to uh Princess Bride
1: and then Fright Night and then he's kind of uh yeah I can't really say I mean there's some good old Cinemax late night movies
0: I think he was in but <laughs> now Bordello of
1: Blood's the last thing I remember him being in um, so but yeah there's that so I get Um, but I was going to look at the uh, pumpkin queen long live You sure that's a thing? Because I do not see it coming up
0: on IMDB.
2: Um, I'm not sure. It may be a book.
0: Oh, well. Okay, this is an audio podcast starts talking about moving pictures. Like you can't expect that out of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> I mean, granted, I I mean, if you wanna, I love writing. So if you want to um uh, fo- see what I, I have to offer or even inquire about my uh Z budget zombie comedy based around professional, independent professional wrestling, main event of the dead, visit main event of the dead.com. You can just drop me an email, wrestlebus07 at gmail.com if you want to uh offer suggestions on how to get out of uh developmental hell. If they could make three ultimate death match movies, there's no excuse. Um and yeah, so you can uh just do that with the email address or you can follow me on Twitter at cat That's at C A T P U S R U S S. And uh just uh as I say with my Twitter that's where I want all the hate stuff to go to. If you if you don't hate the podcast, give it a five star review on your favorite podcast app, subscribe, help me with the algorithm there, hate me on Twitter. <laughs> so, um Ali, all you got really going on right now I guess would be the um the uh show at the um
2: There's a show at the of church in yeah. um, for November.
0: Right, right, so that's that on uh, Duncan and right between Duncan and Windsor. Uh, Kirby. It's on Duncan between Kirby and Windsor. Um, I can attest to that. Hopefully you'll find the square. You have one of those probably still. If you can't find the fire stick, you'll have the square. <laughs> the, square the square is probably in there, but of course you have an iPhone now, so it's not going to work. <laughs> but um uh yep so Allie's accessory shop on etsy that's a-l-l-y-s-a-c-c-e-s-o-r-i-e-s-s-h-o-p if you want to type that in on etsy to find her get yourself um you probably got plenty of scarves still oh yeah uh any toques
2: any i'm sorry
0: Oh, I was just using the Canadian term for a stocking hat. toque.
2: Of course. Yes. I have (laughs) things crochet and some many jewelry items as well.
0: All right. So, okay. Well, as I say, we'll try to drop this a little closer to Christmas. So um, if you want to watch stage fright, I mean, you're going to be picking up another fire stick at some point. I know that. (laughs) um tubi actually has a uh, stage fright um on there i mean if you can get past the first murder i think you'll be all right <laughs> mm-hmm. um and uh yeah or you can borrow the dvd uh, that's another one i paid ten dollars for at disc replay like that's the problem going to disc replay like oh buy three get three and it's like yeah, no, the three. Like, I'm looking for the odd ones. Like, I keep thinking, maybe do I grab Damn Yankees? It's like, I th- think that's fifteen dollars. I think they got one of Cocoon, that's ten dollars. <laughs> um, so my biggest problem is, I will take the store credit when I can get it. Like, I was uh, hustling for an extra twenty dollars this week didn't expect the you know when you're buying marijuana you do buy by volume <laughs> <laughs> so thank you skimble for being my uh being a resource <laughs> like, how am i gonna come up with 20 more dollars <laughs> oh i got him cat food he's fine
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh <Not> <laughs>
0: He gets, he gets the, what? It, it helps, believe me. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So thanks for coming back tonight. for chill the podcast Allie. Um, again, Allie's accessory shop on Etsy. Real problem right now is I can't really do trash feature review. Cause I don't really have a lot of horror in the stack. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I want to get through the A to Z. <laughs> mm-hmm real challenge was finding an X. I did find one though. (laughs) A Japanese kaiju movie, actually. So if you, uh, once you get that fire stick, HBO Max, the X from outer space. (laughs) So uh, as for my audience, thanks for coming back. Thank you very much, Stacia Harden, for uh, being an inspiration and keeping me going and everybody else who knew you. Uh, Thanks again, and have yourselves a good night.
1: Bye. Can I hear a wahoo?